Hello, everybody. Episode 11 of Max Sports. Already 11 episodes in. Today is our Super Bowl special. I'm excited because this will be the last episode of of this season. It'll be the last episode of the season, and it, it feels crazy that in just a couple days we'll be crowning the next Super Bowl champion. It, it's absurd to me. It, it feels like week one was just a couple weeks ago, and just, just like that, we're here. So I'll be giving my predictions, or as some people would like to say, the script of the NFL. Everyone's making jokes about the NFL being scripted and fake or rigged. So I thought it'd be funny just to come up with my own script on what I think will be happening in the game. After that, we'll just be doing some rapid-fire takes and, and, and information on just random headlines. And before we get started, I am recording this as the uh, NFL Honors um, Awards are going, and I believe it was just announced that Patrick Mahomes won the regular season MVP. So congratulations to Patrick Mahomes on his second MVP. And uh, with that, we'll get to our script section. See you soon. All right, friends, I want to share my script slash prediction of the Super Bowl for you guys. To start things off, what do I think the score will be? I'll kind of give you what my thought of a score will be. And then I'll break it down quarter by quarter. I think it'll be a middle-of-the-road score. A little bit more than last year because I don't think there was enough last year. Even though it was a competitive game and there were some highlight plays. I think if I had to guess the score, I think it'll be a mid-to-high 20s for the winning team. And the losing team will be a mid-to-low 20s. So an example is it would be like Eagles 28, Chiefs 23. Or, you know, Chiefs 27, Eagles 24. Something that has a little bit more scoring in it, I think is much more uh, more desired for a script writer, of course. Now, you you don't want it to be too high scoring of a game because you don't want the older audience that is used to actual defense being played going, man, I miss the days. I, I tell you, I miss the days when you could actually hit the quarterback. I miss the days when you could actually hit the guy without it being a penalty. Now you have to tuck him into bed and give him a pat on the butt in order for you to get the tackle. I don't want to hear that, and I don't think the script writers do either. They've gotten enough scrutiny this season. But they also need to have enough action for the younger viewers that can't go 13 seconds without losing their attention span. So they find that middle ground. And I think a middle to high, like a little mid to high scoring game will be the perfect balance. They will need crucial turnovers, though. I don't see the turnover coming in the first quarter, as in I think both teams will be feeling themselves out. And I think that they will be kind of testing the waters. I think the first couple drives might be a field goal or a punt just kind of exchanging light punches back and forth like in a boxing match. Not going for the knockout, just kind of seeing what the opponent's giving them. We'll say, because I need to have the script be right, we'll say that the Chiefs win the coin toss and get the ball at halftime. So the Eagles start with it, and I think that their run game will show up early in this game and might, might show a little bit of dominance early on. 
However, though, I think, again, as they are testing each other out, I, I think the run game will prevent them from really getting in the end zone or doing a ton of damage early. If they are to win the game, if the script writers let them do that, they will need the run game later on. So it'll only be able to, they will probably find out if they're able to establish the run within the first or second quarter. Because if they aren't, then they're probably going to have to abandon it for the passing game later. However, though, my prediction or my script, I have the Eagles probably running the ball heavy on their first drive, settling for either a field goal or probably just punting the ball away. I think Kansas City is going to show off their high-powered offense. Honestly, if there's one thing that's annoyed me a little bit with Kansas City the last couple weeks, it's the fact that they are getting a little too flashy sometimes. Now, it is the Super Bowl, and it's the big stage, and what would be better than having a really well-designed play? Everyone knows what the Philly special was back in 2018 with the Eagles. I think one of my predictions or things in the script I will see, I think we will see a unique offensive play from the Kansas City Chiefs that will have a lot of trickery involved. And will be a play that we remember for several years. I think that they've been doing it several times throughout the season. I think they do it again here. I think there'll be a cool, tricky play, whether it's something like a Philly special, whether it's like a direct snap to Kelsey and he throws it or something crazy like that. I think we will see a special trick play. I think that will come out either late second quarter or early third quarter. I think the halftime score... Will be something around maybe Chiefs 13, Eagles 7, or you know, something that's a one score game. I think you know, one team will definitely have the momentum, but it's not over yet. We still have a whole halftime show to enjoy. You still have a bunch of terrible Super Bowl commercials to enjoy. So after Rihanna sings about her umbrella, Ella, Ella, A, A, A. We'll move on to our third quarter now. I think this is where the Eagles put their, you know, real fighting opportunity in here. They get a they get a big stop when the Chiefs get the ball out of the second half. I think they'll get a big stop and do a momentum drive. Even if they don't take the lead, they get a big field goal to cut into the lead or they have a long touchdown that that really shows that their offense is still still capable of scoring in the second half. You want the game to be close. I could even see Eagles maybe getting hot out of the second half, getting a big momentum stop and really taking control of the third quarter, setting it up where we've kind of had a bit of a teeter totter back and forth, back and forth. Now, whether this is where that special play that I was thinking of earlier could be implemented or not, I think maybe the chiefs use that in order to try and, you know, survive this, this uh, quarter. As we get into the fourth, I think it'll probably be a field goal game. I think you know whoever will be leading, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the last team to get the ball wins. And I think the last team that will get the ball will be the Chiefs. They will manage the clock, and they will find a way to go all the way down and score a touchdown with less than a couple minutes remaining and ice the game. I think, as my prediction has been for weeks now, I think the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl, and I think the best way, that, way they will do that is if Patrick Mahomes is on the field. I've said for a while now, that is going to be my Super Bowl pick. They have the MVP. 
They might have the the Super Bowl MVP. I think if Mahomes has the ball with two minutes and a timeout left, you might as well wrap it up. They will manage the game perfectly and punch it in right at the end of the game to win. That'll be my prediction. I'll do a score or two to see how close I am. I'll do Kansas City Chiefs, 27 Eagles. Uh, shoot. How about we do Chiefs, 28, Eagles, 23. That'll be my prediction. We'll see how accurate it is. Um. I'm really excited to see how the script writing work. It felt like that was a big talking point throughout the week and everyone's been making online jokes about it. So I want to see how my script holds up compared to everyone else's. <laughs> so there's my prediction. There's my script for everyone. In part two, I'll just kind of be doing some rapid fire on some quick NFL headlines throughout the day and just random random things I feel like talking about. It's going to be more of a free-for-all as we are in a loose week. It's the last real big game ahead of us and I know I've been milking this topic so I know we can we can move on from it again our last episode of the season I can't believe it guys I'll see you in part two and we're back after that little pause here for part two NFL headline rapid fire. I do like this segment because it's always refreshing. It's not a stupid debate topic and I can give you a quick opinions and quick insight on what I'm kind of viewing around the NFL. Before we get into that, I know it's not always fun hearing me talk about stuff that isn't necessarily sports, but I want to thank all 29 individual listeners now that have given this show a chance. I appreciate your time, and thank you for giving your time out of your day to hear me ramble about sports. Again, it's my favorite passion, and being able to share that with any listener makes my day. We are almost available to unlock ambassador ads, and while that doesn't mean as much for you as it does for me, it means I could potentially be able to fund more projects in the future, add a budget to this, or do more things that I love to do and express my creativity to the world. It means everything to me, and again, I, I'm, I'm just so happy that I have people that really, truly appreciate what I bring. So thank you for that. Moving on from there, we're going to our NFL honors. There's some live updates as I've been watching it. Mahomes has won the MVP, his second regular season NFL MVP. Dak Prescott was named Walter Payton uh, Man of the Year. And then Geno Smith was named Comeback Player of the Year. I think those are all very good selections. I think the Geno Smith one is probably my favorite one out of them. If if anyone had said, like, if I came up to anyone, if I said on this show, I was like, Geno Smith, the draft bust from the Jets almost a decade ago. Yeah, he's going to be the backup in Seattle for a couple years. But once Russell Wilson gets traded, He's actually going to be a Pro Bowl quarterback and lead Seattle to the playoffs. And not only that, but be better than Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos this year. I think I would be deplatformed immediately. They would say that might be the dumbest take I've ever heard. You shouldn't deserve a show for that. And I understand it. I think that was the biggest surprise of the season. I can't remember the last time we had a quarterback come out of nowhere like that and really get a second chance. The last one I could really think of 
was maybe Ryan Tannehill a couple years ago. And the only reason I say that is because uh, he lost his job in Miami and went to Tennessee as a backup for Marcus Mariota, or as Lou Holtz would say, Marcus Mariota. And he was the backup there. And due to Mariota struggling, he was able to start and not only start, but take a nine and seven Titans team all the way to the AFC championship. That was an impressive run too. I think that's probably the closest thing I've seen to what Geno Smith did this year. Obviously they didn't have the same postseason success, but I think this was an amazing story and I'm really, it really brought a new refreshing look to this year's season. And you know, it wasn't the same quarterbacks. It wasn't the same teams in the NFL uh, playoffs this year. And it was nice to see a refreshing face there. So, again, as these award shows continue, I think, I mean, it's it's not too surprising. I know there's betting odds. I, I don't know why anyone would have bet against Mahomes to win this, his second MVP. But it, I think of the award shows better on uh, the, the weekend before the Super Bowl like this as opposed to the Pro Bowl is the weekend before the Super Bowl. I'd honestly, if they could remove the Pro Bowl, and put this award show in the week and set, I think it honestly be better. Um, I think it provides honestly better content, even though it's not actual athletes on the field and it's more of an award show. But I think it's a better way to wrap up the season than put a mediocre flag football game in than the Super Bowl. I don't know. I, I think an award show pre, you know, presenting the best moments of the season right after the best playoff game fits more than best playoff game for the Super Bowl then really bad flag football game, then back to Super Bowl. Tell me what you guys think about that. I don't know if I'm looking too much into it, but uh, just let me know what you think about that. Yep. All right, first thing with the rapid fire, I know I already mentioned it at the beginning of Mahomes winning his second NFL MVP. There have been a couple other awards announced. One of them was Dak Prescott won Walter Payton Man of the Year. And then Comeback Player of the Year was Geno Smith, the quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks. Out of those three awards, I think the one that I'm most excited to talk about is Comeback Player of the Year. I think if I told you guys at the beginning of the season, hey, not only is Geno Smith going to make a comeback in the NFL after being a career backup for pretty much eight seasons, He's going to come back, be a pro bowler, outplay Russell Wilson this year, beat him. He's going to have a better, he's going to have a pro bowl season. His team is going to be better than the Denver Broncos and they're going to make the playoffs. I think I would have been deplatformed immediately. I don't think anyone would have believed that at all. And I think that would, you know, that is one of, that would be a hot take. And I am not a fan of hot takes. So it was an amazing thing to see someone like Geno Smith, who I think the NFL pretty much gave up on as a league, but he didn't give up on himself himself. He found a way to get back out there, get a starting role and did the most of what he could. A lot of people picked that Seattle Seahawks team to probably be the worst team, not only in the NFC, but probably in the league this year. Not a lot of faith came into Seattle. And so seeing him go out there and prove a lot of people wrong, that was a fun thing to see. I'm excited. You know, it, it was refreshing to see new faces in the playoffs this year. And 
I'm just excited to see what he'll be able to do with Seattle next year. Moving on from the awards, we do have some Hall of Famers uh, announced in the next class. I'll say it this way. To those who are listening that watched football in the 90s or the 80s or the 70s, I apologize. I didn't I wasn't alive in that era. I don't know I don't know them like you'll ever know them. I'll never have the nostalgia and the amazing feeling that they brought to me. Those were stars of other people's days that I unfortunately was not a part of. I can read their names, but I can't credit, or I not can't credit, but I can't add much to it outside of just announcing their names. I got two big names, though, that I'll be able to share, though. So first we got Rondi Barber, Buccaneers cornerback, uh, Don Corywell, head coach for the Cardinals and the Chargers in the 70s and 80s, Chuck Howley, Linebacker for the Bears in the fifty or late fifties, and then uh, sixty-one through seventy-three was for the Cowboys. Joe Klecko, defensive tackle for the Jets and Colts. Ken Riley, Bengals cornerback for almost two decades, it looks like up here. Joe Thomas, that'll be one of the guys I know. Joe Thomas was just an an absolute unit of a left tackle for the Browns for. 10 straight years. I believe he was a pro bowler every single year. He was in Cleveland, except his final year where I believe he had injury issues, which was his problem. But Joe Thomas probably was the best left tackle. Probably from the moment I started watching football until his final year in the, in the NFL elite offensive lineman. And I'm glad offensive linemen like him are getting the respect they need in the, uh, in the pro football hall of fame. Next, we got Zach Thomas, a linebacker for the Dolphins and Cowboys, played in the late 90s to mid-2000s. And we got DeMarcus Ware, another huge name, played with the Cowboys for a long time, then moved over to the Broncos in his later years, was able to win one Super Bowl with Peyton Manning in 2016. I believe him and the Sheriff retired the same year, but again, a legendary Scary defensive player you never wanted to match up against. One of those names I knew growing up as a kid. I was like, okay, this is a dude that means business. Even when I was like, even when I was like seven or eight watching them play, you know. And then finally, we have Darrell Revis. Revis Island is a real thing. And you could even say, I know people call it, you know, his nickname was Revis Island, but a receiver on him was pretty much in the Bermuda Triangle because they disappeared the entire game. You could not throw to anywhere where, where Darrell Revis was, was defending. One of the elite corners of our time. Amazing, amazing player. So I, I understand. I've seen DeMarcus Ware, Joe Thomas, Darrell Revis. Those are the big names that hit home to me. I'd love to know what, what players from this class you guys remember the most. Which ones are your favorite moments of them? Darrell Revis in that Jets uniform is something that will always be ingrained in my head. I don't think you can tell the story of that team without sharing that player. And I'm excited to see all of them go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Finally, we have a little bit of drama today. So if you guys aren't drama fans, I'm not going to be all TMZ about it. I'm just going to say what it is. So apparently, I'll if anyone doesn't know, right now Brett Favre has been battling this... Uh, really bad uh, welfare fraud scandal 
if you didn't know that. But it's getting worse now. Brett Favre has apparently filed three lawsuits uh, against state auditor Shad White and then two sports commentators, well-known names in the sports entertainment industry, and Pat McAfee and Shannon Sharp. So when it comes to the commentators, the reason why he is suing is for defamation, saying that they are shamelessly and falsely attacking Favre's good name to it. Like, I, I don't get it. I, I don't get it at all. The, the, he, his reputation isn't being ruined by commentators addressing his story. His problem was he made a very terrible scumbag move where he pretty much robbed a bunch of people out of millions of dollars. He made the scumbag move, and they are mocking him or throwing jokes at him or addressing his F-up. You made the mistake. And the only way you can recover from mistakes in life is owning up to it, fixing it, changing your character, proving that you have, and moving on. He is not doing that, though. He made a terrible decision, and instead of owning up to it, going, man, what was I thinking? I can't believe I, I, I would do something this dumb. He instead tries to sue and silence anyone that is speaking on his name. He is not... It, there is no one else that is attacking his good name than himself. You'll always have people that criticize you. You'll always have people that aren't fans of you. But him, his decisions are specifically the reasons on why his character is being tarnished. You stole millions from, from people. You have the biggest welfare fraud Scandal in Mississippi history. You're the scumbag. Me saying that is not tarnishing your name. If you made a bad decision, you need to own up to it. Suing people isn't going to get you out of it. He might be suing for defamation, but he should be sued for defecation as he has spewed crap all over people and robbed people out of millions of dollars. Do you think Wrangler, your or was it Wrangler or, or Levi? I don't know. He had a, he had a bunch of Gene commercials for the longest time, where he's like playing football and there's pickup trucks and old guys everywhere. Okay, where where are those commercials? Are are they being sued too for removing you and deplatforming you from their product because you're a scumbag? What about uh? Well, I almost said Gold Bond. No, Copper Fit. Where are those commercials? I haven't seen you in a while on those. You made a mistake. You need to own up to it. Obviously, if he's so blind to this that he hasn't changed his character and he's suing people now for it, you might as well have sued those companies that kicked you off of their brands. You made a terrible decision. Hopefully, he can own up to it and turn it around because when I used to think of Brett Favre, I thought of him as an NFL legend. I loved his Hall of Fame speech. It inspired me, and I think it inspired millions of people who are fans of football to want to be more. But honestly, as of now, I think he's ruined his public image, and I fully understand why people criticize him. And honestly, if he's going to act like that, I know they'd be worried about potentially dealing with a lawsuit, but I think they should ridicule him, bully him a little bit for what he did. That's my opinion on it, though.
with that, I'm going to end it. Again, this will be the end of the season. I can't believe it. It's the last episode of Max Sports for this season. Not sure where we're going to be going with the direction of this show yet. We could be dying it down back to three episodes a week just because there's not going to be as much to talk about. Maybe a Monday, Wednesday, Friday kind of thing. I don't want to create content that isn't inspiring me, but also not engaging the listener. I don't want to take the smallest story and try and drag it out into a 10-minute segment. So again, I do have a Q&A section on Spotify for all of my Spotify listeners. If you want to share something, I love talking football. So share whatever you want, and I will address your Q, you know, comments. You can do a Q&A. We can do a mailbag segment. I'd love to be able to engage with fans that, that love the show. So feel free to do that. I will love to be making football content all offseason with you, but I also don't want to lose my audience because I'm coming up with too niche of topics or not being able to engage the audience. I understand the offseason is not going to be as popular as the regular season. So just let me know what kind of ideas you have, and I'll be more than happy to try them out. Whether it's continuing poll questions, whether it's continuing Q&As, I'd love to put, put fan mail on the show. Ask any question you want. Here we go, because it'll be the end of the Super Bowl, and we won't be having any more regular season games. Next episode, if you want to put any fan mail comments in this one, I will be reading them on the next show. So any sports takes, any sports opinions, I would love to be answering them in a big Q&A segment. That'll be one of our segments next week, depending on how many we really get. Thank you all for listening. Have a great rest of your day. Take care. See you after the Super Bowl. Bye.